Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Josh Hallerman. You are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films that we think are underrated, underseen, or we just wanted to talk about them. This week, it's a classic film that we're going to be talking about. It's Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. So, let's see what you reckon. So before we start, I should just say I've got a little bit of a sore throat, so apologies for my voice, but no one's here to listen to me anyway. We're all here to listen to Alice, because she's picked this week's film. It's all about Alice, just like I always hoped. all about you, Alice. Mm -hmm. Now, every now and then we cover a classic film. We do indeed. We've done others. We'll do more. We have. Gentlemen for Blondes, The Great Dictator, Vertigo, Saturday Night Fever, quite a list. Oh, and we're adding to that list today. Indeed. Alice, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid then. What's it about and why did you pick it for a classic film? So Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is a Western from 1969 starring Paul Newman and Robert Redford as the titular characters. And it is apparently loosely based on real events. Mm. Uh, It is essentially about cowboys in Wyoming in 1899 and all the hijinks they get up to, but also the challenges they face as cowboys. Like what if a gang of federal agents on horseback relentlessly chase you down? Well, you move to Bolivia. We've we've all been there. We've We've all all been. Um, So that's just kind of what it is. In a nutshell, we just follow these guys on their cowboying adventures. Uh, Why did I pick it? So I I wanted to do a classic. This one I'd been thinking of for a long time. So this is a film that my husband has been trying to get me to watch for ages. So you could almost say it's a classic and also a listener suggestion at the same time. I don't know how much he listens, but I know he's definitely heard at least one episode. (laughs) Um, So yeah, he was just, he, he, he would talk about it like it was one of his favourite films. Mm. And I was like, right, well, I need to see then. I need to see what the fuss is all about. Um, And like you say, we're here to determine why people regard it as a classic yep. and see if it's if its influence has stood the test of time and if it's you know sort of sort of absorbed through the ages and if we can mm. still see its influences today which is usually how we measure if something's a classic it is isn't it, it is it's it's diff- it's a difficult thing to quantify mm. and we always preface this with who the fuck are we to decide yeah. if it is or isn't a classic? We're, <laughs> we're not. Just two we're just guys with just, a podcast. We're just sort of talking about it and deciding <laughs> if we think it's deserving of its status. But mm-hmm. so it was Mr. Olive, one of Mr. Olive's favourite films. Have you subjected him to either speed to cruise control or grease to cruise control? 
So I'm pre- pretty sure he did watch Speed 2 with me. Yeah. Um, I don't He's a good think... man. He's a good he's a, man. He's a he's better a man than me. A lot of patience. A lot of patience, um, that fellow. Uh, don't think he watched Grease 2 with me, though. There was no way that was He's not that good a man. No one is. No, <laughs> no one is. Um, had, you, had you seen this one before, Josh? I hadn't seen before, but I'll tell you this much. It was also on my list of classics. Um, no, it wasn't. Are yeah, you serious? It's, it's one I've always wanted to watch. I've heard mm. it talked about a lot in the terms you, of like yeah. the effect it had and stuff like that. And 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 the other thing which is interesting, which you touched on slightly there, is I don't think if we haven't done many westerns, have we even done a western? Oh, I mean, we've done over a hundred episodes. Question. I'm not too sure, but I can't think. I, I suppose um, there've been other films that feel quite westerny. You know, if you think of like even something a little bit like Young Adam felt very westerny and there's been other ones as well interesting analysis yeah and hey you know uh rat race i think was in the desert yeah rat race is in the desert um so and you know uh in saturday night fever it's kind of like their cowboys wrangling the ladies yeah i guess so (laughs) cowboys wrangling ladies there we go we're making the connections we are yeah Um, so I had been on my, my list as one of the classics I wanted to cover so I was excited to watch wow, this I was really glad you picked it because yeah. I've been looking for an excuse to watch it apart from the fact that I could just watch it in my own free time because mm. I'm an adult with free will so <laughs> let's get stuck in then so did first of all did you watch it with your husband yes oh yeah yeah he and was do keen. you find I'm always interested in that sort of thing do you find that, so I like to watch films with my partner mm. and she always laughs at me because I like say oh th- this bit they did this or did you know about this bit to the point where she'll be like shut the fuck up yeah I'm trying to watch this yeah um <laughs> sometimes she says it does it does help but sometimes not um mainly for watching stuff that's like from a connected universe like marvel or stars or something she'll be like okay, who's yeah. that and i'll be like it's yeah. this person well yes yeah. uh he was very helpful for me when we were watching green lantern very was he? helpful. Yeah. He was like, oh, well, let me tell you about the Green Lanterns and all the different lanterns there are. So then I got nerd like a crash course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Literally, he's the biggest nerd of a <laughs> So, so, um, so you watched it with him. Did you did you find that enriched it for you then? Um, I, I suppose a, a little bit because he he would sort of draw attention to certain things, and I think he he was noticing things that he himself yeah. hadn't yeah, yeah, seen yeah. the first time around. So he'd say like, oh, it's really interesting how they've shot that. Or it's like, oh, that's actually a really funny piece of dialogue for, for the I, time I and all this sort of I find as well that it can go one of two ways. Either it's like it's a lovely shared experience or yeah. there's, there's like pressure. It depends. You know what? It totally right. depends what we're watching because sometimes, I mean, I, mean, yeah, sometimes not... I just need him to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like there are some <laughs> things that I want to watch. I do not need your running commentary alongside it. But with something like this, I was happy to hear what you had to say. Especially uh, yeah. as there's quite a lot of silences in it. There there's is like quite, quite a lot quite of elongated silences, silences yeah, I thought. Is, and, and, and I suppose not pressure, not pressure because we've both been with our respective other halves for, for ages. A while, So it's yeah. not like we're going to split up if, if I don't like <laughs> You know, you ruined this film. Yeah, for me. but That's but it. there is like an element of like oh, I, I want I want to like it because like it yeah. make them happy sort of thing. Like I my one of my partner's favorite films is Napoleon Dynamite, right? Oh, and she yeah. knows this, and she you know she listens to it. So I, and she knows I fucking hate Napoleon Dynamite. I just oh, really? can't yeah. get into it. But like <laughs> another one, she loves this Little Miss Sunshine. Mm-hmm. And when we watched that together, I adored it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I love Little Miss Sunshine. But anyway, so. All that aside, what did you like about the film? So, it, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Like, and I don't think I was expecting that at all, really. Well, um, actually, before, yeah, before you start, 
was yeah, cool. it? I, I want to pick your brains on this because I know my answer. Was it what you expected? Oh, I, I mean, I think so. I don't. I don't think I was expecting it to be as funny as it was. I thought yeah. it would take much more of a serious uh, stance. Um, but I suppose, yeah, it, you know, it was cowboys. It was. Mm. It was it was horses. It was you know mm. it was robberies. It was kind of all the all the things See, it was, it that was, I guess um, I was expecting. It was not what I was expecting. Oh really? What like, did you think it was going to be? Yeah, sci-fi. I was like, is there is it? Where's all the <laughs> where's laser the swords? Yeah. That's no, cowboys so, so, versus aliens. Yeah, gosh, that's oh, a different film. <laughs> there, there was a lot of elements in it that that was what I was expecting. But I suppose, and I'll come on to this. The structure wasn't what I was expecting because it's almost okay, like a little scene, a little series of vignettes or sketches in places. Oh, yeah, it's just, I get you. There's a lot of short scenes that just are bits of dialogue and then it moves on and there's, you know, almost like a series of vignettes. But anyway, as you were saying, was it what you, was it what you expected and what did you like about it? Yeah, so it was pretty funny in a way that I just wasn't expecting. So I think it does boast a really engaging and witty script with some great mm. one-liners from the cowboys. And some some of the funniest moments I found were between the cowboys and the people they were robbing, yeah. which reminded me a little bit of Ned Kelly. So yes, I wonder, you yeah. know, are we seeing the influences there? You know, is it crossed over down to Australia? Maybe. I mean, this film is very influential when you read about it, so it's... Maybe it did influence something Maybe. like Ned Kelly. I mean, it's like, you know, 40 years later or whatever. So it's definitely, must have done, right? Like something like, I'd I mean, like to uh, think. And they're both, like based, they're both based on real guys as well. Yeah, yeah. Really sort of out in the open, sparse landscapes. Yeah. People just trying to make it in any way they can. Yeah. Um, it, sh it was shot in a really interesting way, I thought, aiding in building the tension in certain areas, which was then broken by these moments of comedy. The camera is doing some really interesting things, like the way it moves and follows the action. Yeah. Obviously, we're on horseback a lot of the time mm. in these really dramatic and beautiful locations. There's a lot of zooming in, there's pull focuses, and it all just felt it felt quite impressive for the time. I, th I think I'm, I say impressive for the time and stuff. It felt older it felt older than 1969. I thought I thought, that. I, I, thought, thought I was that. watching something almost maybe from like the 40s. I don't know what it was about it, but it felt older to me. I know me. what you mean. I, mm. I, I know what you mean, especially because um, as soon as it starts, I don't know where you watched it, but where I watched it, you got the really old 20th Century Fox logo. Oh, and it, yeah. And it, yeah, felt, yeah. it felt straight away like this is old. Oh, yeah. And I think, I don't, I think the fact that it feels old, I think that, partly as a conscious decision because they do a lot do of think, um, yeah. colour fading into sepia and black and white yes, and back out again. Was. So, yes, so maybe was. maybe it's maybe it's meant to give it like an authentic feel or something. And I thought there were some quite silent cinema-esque yeah. feeling moments, yeah, yeah. I think, that we sort of had these long, long moments where there wouldn't be any dialogue. And there was one sequence where they're robbing one of the uh, banks in, it might be the one in Bolivia or it might still be the one in Wyoming. But there's this really long sequence where he's robbing the bank and there's just music playing. There's no dialogue whatsoever. Yeah. And I was like, this feels like a silent, yeah. like a silent film. Big long um, scene, scene on a bicycle as well. Oh my God, no, yeah, mate, no, we'll um... get to that. We'll get to the <laughs> bicycle okay. scene. I'm telling you, we'll get to the bicycle scene. Um, and like you just touched on there, there's some very dramatic, I guess, tones and colouring to some of the shots. Um, so yeah, a couple of sequences that really stood out for me and almost felt like they were from a different film. So the raindrops keep falling mm. on my head, bicycle sequence, it's certainly something I've seen in The Simpsons. Uh, so yeah. points there for, for having like, you know, a cultural influence and, you know, lasting in pop culture. No idea it was from this film. No, me neither, and me neither. 
It's very odd and it feels completely out of place, but I thought it was really cool at the same time. Do you think... So that's one of the things I've sort of gotten in my notes about the legacy of the film. Is like, was this one of the first films to do something like that? Use a contemporary a song in an, yeah. old, in an older setting. You know, the way that like something like... I don't know if you watch it, but the way Peaky Blinders does it in, in the, right. they have... it does, doesn't it? Yeah, and Submarine set, set, as well, Yeah, eh? Submarine as well, but like, Turner, it, yeah. you get, it's like a set in the 1910s in Peaky Blinders, but it's Radiohead or it's Arctic Monkeys. Right, okay. Whereas this is, it's a contemporary song of the, of, like, that was written for the film, I think, but, but yeah. it's, it's obviously set in the 1800s or the early 1900s. So I, yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. I had no idea it was from this film either. Yeah, no idea, but I really enjoyed it. Um, and a lot of Butch's actions on the bike as he's riding around did remind me a lot of Charlie Chaplin, sort of yeah. physically. Again, um, silent, silent cinema as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really felt it. Like, I really felt those influences. That wasn't something that I was expecting at all. And then you've got this uh, photo montage that shows a trip that Butch Cassidy, the Sundance Kid, and then Etta, who's like Butch's love interest, no, the Sundance Kid's love interest, but is kind of, Almost going out with both of them. Yeah, I don't know what's <laughs> going on there, really. At times. She's just very close to them both, I think. Uh, one is a more, perhaps, an intellectual and a more emotional relationship, and the other one is more physical, more sexual. Um, oh. So they go on this trip to New York, and they use a photo montage. The filmmakers use a photo montage to, to show this trip. And I just thought that was a really interesting use yeah. of a different sort of media, like putting all these photos in it. But I thought I thought it was good. I thought it was clever, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree. Again, is that is that something? That, I mean, that's not the first time that's been done because that, like you say, must go back to silent cinema. But there was something that felt quite contemporary about the way that they did it. About mm. it felt like it was new. Do you know what I mean? The way the film was constructed for me felt felt like felt like it was quite cutting edge for the time. Maybe I'm not mm -hmm. too sure. What what else? What else did you like? So I re I did really like the villain. So the villain essentially is a group of federal agents on horseback bearing down on them, right? So they're this faceless, ominous presence. Yeah, you never see them. Sort, well, you sort see of them, reminded me. It sort of reminded me of the Ringwraiths from Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel like it it really added a lot of drama to it. You know, there are moments where you can hear the horse hooves getting louder, uh, or at nighttime we can see their torches moving across the yeah. landscape. And I, I just thought that was, that was brilliant. Like, you could have so easily... And I think there is, like, a sheriff, and there's, you know, a few sort of old-timey police officers and stuff in there who are like, we've well, got to catch these guys. But they're not they're not really threatening at all. And I think it could no. have been so easy to just, to just have a sheriff, you know, not too dissimilar to Robin Hood, I suppose, like the sheriff of Nottingham is being like, oh, he's the bad guy. The he's the wolf. one you've got to watch out for. The big wolf, right? Which yeah, are, yeah. you know, dangerous, right? Yeah. So I just, I loved what they did with, with those agents on it's, horseback. It's I thought it was really clever. There's, not, there's like, really, there's three characters in this. There yeah. are a few other little supporting characters yeah, with the odd gang line. Members, but yeah. really, there's Butch, there's Sundance, and there's Etta. Mm -hmm. And even Etta's not in it that much. Yeah, yeah. So it's very it's much about, about it's about those two, isn't it? It, re it really is. And I'll tell you one thing I liked. I thought that the the lead performances were great. So I they thought good, that they, 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 they felt they it felt quite old school Hollywood. Now I know at the time. Robert Redford wasn't a huge star, but Paul Newman mm. was. But now, obviously, everyone knows Robert Redford's a huge star and all that sort of stuff. But so it's almost like the weight of everything he's achieved since this film, I applied mm. to the film and just assumed it was like an Ocean's Eleven type 
two big stars sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? And, and I, um, I thought it was really great. I thought they were both really likable. I thought they were both really different. And I thought mm. that the chemistry between them, the way they bounced off each other, they sort of, they bicker like an old married couple and, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, and and yeah. That, again, that's not what I was expecting. I thought it was, you know, going to be cool leading men. And in some ways it is cool leading men, but they're not. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. They're not afraid to show, like, the fact that they're, like, clever or, like, even a bit scared in places or a bit vulnerable in places. And and I really enjoyed that. Again, I wasn't expecting that side of it. And I thought their performance and their chemistry, you know, with with a lesser chemistry or with worse performers, whatever, this film could have been nothing because they got some people who, who sort of worked together really well. I think it it's great. I thought they were really good in it. Yeah, and they weren't just brutes or anything were they exactly. and, and they sort of brought a lot of humanity to it and i think where it could have been very cartoony because because cowboy the idea of a cow like yeehaw like you know if you've watched <laughs> sort of any kind of simpsons family yeah. guy you know all, toy all story. the ones the toy story like it's all very cartoony isn't <laughs> yeah. it and it's all very over the top and a bit silly and with maybe with different actors or a different script, you run the risk of doing that, but that just wasn't the case in this, I don't think. No, they worked together really well. Mm. Was there anything else that you liked about this? Anything? Yeah, that so something, something else I wanted to touch on is um, is we'll get on to the legacy in a little bit, but I thought just to echo what you've said there, the script, I thought it was a lot funnier than, than I thought. So mm-hmm. I started reading about the writer William Goldman. Now he has written books, he's written plays, he's written films, and he's produced films. And he's had a hand in a lot of scripts for a lot of massive films. This guy's contribution to pop culture 
is insane, right? So oh, he did. Really? He did. No, he didn't write. Josh, have you been down a rabbit hole? I have a little bit. Yeah. Ooh, so William, William Goldman, right? So he wrote this, and he wrote or had a hand in, not necessarily wrote, but might have been a consultant on um, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, Princess Bride, All the President's Men, A Bridge Too Far, Misery, Twins, Chaplin, Last Action Hero, Goodwill Hunting, and Maverick. Wow, what a selection. I mean, Maverick as in just now Top no, Gun No, no, as in the, uh, oh. the Mel Gibson cowboy one. from oh. the, Not Top Gun, no. Um, no, I, 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 I mean, what again, I don't know what his involvement in all, in all of them. Like obviously, Good Will Hunting is famously written by Ben Affleck and, and Matt Damon. Um, but I think he had some sort of like consultation role or was involved mm. in them. That's that. What a contribution! Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, to, he's a to, busy boy. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to flag that up because I thought that was really interesting. And, and again, the script was not was not what I thought it was going to be. But I really enjoyed mm-hmm. that side of it. The legacy of the film will come back to when we talk about the critical reception. But you know, a lot a lot to like in there. I thought quite. I was quite surprised because I liked it, but not for the reasons I thought I would. Oh, interesting. Yeah. What an interesting analysis. So before we move on to dislikes, then I do have to ask you: Is this the handsomest pair of leading men we've had? Oh, they're up there! Come on, those blue me... eyes. I, d- I don't know. Do you remember a little film called The Road to El Dorado? <laughs> okay, are these the re- <laughs> are these the handsomest leading men Robin that are Hood? real? Right, you can't have Tulio <laughs> and Miguel. You can't have Sexy Fox. Okay, well, you, the sh- you from... shouldn't have put Sexy Fox on the table. Well, I put... <laughs> are these the handsomest real leading men? Quite possibly. They're all the there, fact aren't that, they? You know, the fact that they're, you know, very, you know, full of action yeah. and, you know, they're a bit brooding, but then they're also quite funny as well. Like, that obviously helps. Don't, you know, they're... Oh, actually, no, I just thought, Tom Hardy, right? Tom Hardy times two. True, yeah, two, so double Tom there's, Hardy and Legends. So double Tom Hardy and Legends. Two leading yeah. men. <laughs> we'll put it out. We'll put it out as a poll. Who is the handsomest <laughs> pair of leading men? Two Tom Hardys or uh, Robert Redford and Paul Newman in uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid? <laughs> well, I've got a little question for you then, seeing as oh, we're asking questions. If we were going to film this today, who would you cast in their roles? Oh, that's a great shout. Because uh, I was thinking about this when I was watching it because they remind me very much of two people. I. Not sure who you're gonna say that. So I feel like in this, I feel like if you cast anyone but an American, it'd mm-hmm. kick off, right? Yeah, because well, it's you'd so probably, iconic. You might get, and you might get some really dodgy American accents if if someone yeah, British. Because like was my to first go. thought was Benedict Cumberbatch and Tom Hardy, right? Because of okay. Stuart Life backwards, and I really want to see. Thought. But then I just want to see them do another film together, I guess. So, Tom Hardy did a, a cowboy esque thing, didn't he? Was Revenant, it, the Revenant he did, didn't he, with Leo? Not, not that one. There was one with was like Shia LaBeouf in it or something. Oh, Lawless. Lawless. Yeah, it's that a good film. It. It's a yeah. good film. Um, what would I? Who would I pick? Ooh. So you put me on the spot. I reckon Chris Pine. Oh, oh, good shout. As, as, good shout. As Butch. Mm-hmm. Then you want to go slightly younger for the Sundance Kid. Mm. So who would I cast as the Sundance Kid? Do you know who I'd cast? And it's just because, maybe it's just because he's in my mind because it's it's out at the cinema whilst we're recording this. But the lad who plays Elvis, oh, Austin oh. Butler. 
Right, yeah. He looks like people have been raving about yeah, apparently that performance. He's, apparently he's really like, good. Yeah, so, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, him. So I'd go Chris Pine as Butch and Austin Butler as the Sundance Kid. But I don't know. Kid. There's loads of people who, who could do it. Because I, I was also like, it's like Tom Holland. Tom Holland as the Sundance Kid. But I think he's yeah. a bit young. I think yeah, you've got to yeah, be like, I reckon yeah. Howard Newman is like 40 and then... I think I think the, the the secret would be to be young, mm. but maybe look a little bit weathered. Like yeah. you need to look like it's been a hard time of cowboying around. Yeah, right? so Whereas on, Tom you, Holland you, is a bit clean. He's still. a bit. He is a bit clean. Isn't he? You got people in mind then. So for me, just Keanu based Reeves, on their looks it? and some of the ways, is it Keanu, Reeves? Keanu Reeves and Keanu Reeves. Yeah. We do the special <laughs> double screen thing, and we've got two Keanu Reeves: body double and double Alice Reeves. is happy. Uh, no, no so who's your cast? For me. For me, it was Matthew McConaughey and Owen Wilson. Like that's a good shout, looking, actually. Yeah, that's looking a... at those two, I feel like they resemble them a little bit. Well, I guess Owen Wilson. So the Sundance Kid was the blonde one, right? Yeah. So Owen Wilson as the kid, you know, maybe young Owen Wilson, and then McConaughey um, as Butch. And I just feel like you know they've got the accents, yeah. they got the look. They they do look a bit like you, um, those guys. Yeah, I think I think you've won there. I think that's the better suggestion than than my one. So let's go with that. I McConaughey agree. and Wilson again. We'll put that out to you guys if we were going to make this again. Me and Alice aren't going to make it. We don't have the budget. But if Not we yet. were, who would you cast? Mm-hmm. Who's your fantasy choice? Okay, then. So we'll move on to talking about things that we perhaps didn't like about the film. I don't think we're going to have loads, but Alice, suck it to me. So this isn't really about the film, so I'll just get it out of the way quickly gonna, first. It's about my husband. and what it's I want about, to... It's about my marriage, Josh. Yeah. I've got to talk to you about something. Um, if he makes me watch another fucking film. Um, right, so I didn't uh, feel sorry for the horses, right? So yeah. they do not look happy, and it did make me feel a bit uncomfortable. Every time I saw a horse that looked distressed, right? So they had the wide eyes, the frothing mouth, yeah. and trying to pull away from people. Now, I know that I am just particularly sensitive when it comes to animals, mm. all right? I know that, and I'm self-aware, and I can't help it. And obviously, it doesn't ruin the film for me, but it just meant that every time the horses came on screen, I was like, oh. And they were on there a lot. Yeah. There was a lot of horse play. They were, um, I don't know much about horses and stuff like that, so do you reckon they weren't trekked very well by the production, or do you think it's just a case of... They like, probably, You know what? They probably treated them as well as you would treat an yeah, animal yeah. in the 60s yeah, in yeah. the United States of America, right? Which, yeah. you know, I don't know if the kind of animal rights stuff and the, you know, no animals were harmed in the making of this film. That probably wasn't around yet. Maybe not. Um, maybe so, not. yeah, it just distressed me a little bit. I hate seeing horses in distress. You know, everyone's always talking about how smart they are and how great yeah. they are. But, yeah, we still fucking treat them like absolute garbage and I hate it. Um, but apart from that, some of it was a bit dark visually. That's on so, my list as well. I literally couldn't yeah. tell what was going on in some Sometimes, scenes. Sometimes, right? Yeah. So I do think I do think it was a style choice to maybe highlight the lack of electricity and mm. the fact that they're hiding out from the feds and need to keep a low profile. And, you know, it's all really isolated and it's really basic. That You know, they're still kind of living in these quite... Um, old-timey wood huts, like tiny yeah, wooden shack yeah. houses sort of thing. So I don't know if it was just to draw attention to that. Um, but it did mean that there were some scenes where you just couldn't quite see as much. So it was yes. just something that I noticed. Yeah, I, I, that's one of my... I've, I've only got two points and that's one of them, which is, that, mm. which is that it was physically a bit dark in places and I couldn't always see what was going on. Yeah. Do you reckon that was intentional? It must be, right? Yeah. It must be, like... 
it's not exactly a low budget, you know, indie film where they might not have been able to get lights. Paul Newman was like one of the biggest stars in the world at the time. Yeah. So it must be like you say to highlight that like, must be to try and make it feel authentic. And it does. But unfortunately, mm. I will sacrifice authentic feel for me to see what's actually going on in the film. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, and uh, you know, appreciate that it was a choice, but it, you, you're missing facial yeah. expressions and you're yeah. missing stuff like that, aren't you? Which can be quite important. Yeah. Uh, the other thing as well is I do feel like there was a slight pacing issue at times. And I do believe this had a <laughs> lot to do point. with the amount. Is it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. mate, you and me, man. Hey. You and me got to take Aligned. over the world. Um, so... I th- and I think it had a lot to do with the amount of silence mm. that's actually in the film. And it, this, is, again, is a tricky one because I appreciate and I value if we are harking back to silent cinema and you're trying to, you know, put across this feeling and a mm. certain mm. a certain mood in the film, shall we say. Um, but there would be, like, these really long silences between characters when we're moving uh, from one location to the next or moving from one pl- plot point to the next. And I do wonder, you know, is this intentional to heighten the realism and the isolation and to maybe just emphasize how quiet it was, mm. you know, because there's not cars running around, uh, running around. Uh, I'd hope there's not cars there's running no around car, it's everywhere. Not Transformers, there's no Optimus Prime. He's no not cars, around. Different film, Alice, different film. Yeah. Uh, you know, not tons of cars um, <laughs> driving around. You know, there's no roads, really. It, there's, mm. It's not densely populated, you know. So I wonder, again, if these are all choices to emphasize how sparse, how isolated they were. Yeah, maybe, but I think you're right. I, I, I was the same. I think there was a few... Because it wasn't the structure I was expecting, because like I said, there's lots of short little scenes. I felt like the pacing was a bit off. It was like pick up and drop and pick up and drop. And so in some places, I found myself getting a little bored. Only a little bit, not loads, but just a little bit. Only a little bit. And I was always... Like, I was always excited when they would both come back on screen and then start talking again. Like, I was always interested to hear what they had to say because you're expecting it. You get to a point where you're like, oh, they're going to say something funny now or something poignant, Mm. and they always did. Um, But yeah, on the whole, on the whole, I did enjoy it. Okay, then, so let's move on to talking about the critical reception then now. This is a classic, so we've not picked it because we're saying it's underseen or underrated or anything like that. But we'll have a look anyway, and then we'll get into is it deserving of its classic status? Now, I haven't seen the critical reception. I imagine it's probably relatively high. Alice, you have seen it, so... You're going to guess for me. Yeah, go on. It's it's, it's quite highly rated, isn't it? So I'm going to say it could be like mid-eight. Okay. Okay, cool. So at the time of recording on IMDb, it got eight right. out of ten. Then over on Rotten Tomatoes, it got 89 with the critics and 92% yeah. with the audience. So Jeez. big old scores yeah. there. Probably probably appropriately rated. Yep. Maybe maybe a touch overrated. But may, you know, may, would you bit. say that? Would you, would you say it's a little bit... So as far as some of the other classics we've done go, mm. this didn't sort of, it didn't provoke a, the similar emotional connection yeah, that yeah, I've had yeah. to some of the other films. And I know we come back to this every time we do a classic episode, but saying something like, uh, so Saturday Night Fever, like I had a really strong emotional yeah. connection to that. The Great Dictator, I had a very strong emotional connection to that that I simply wasn't expecting. Mm. And then something like The gen- uh, Gentleman Prefer Blondes, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. And though all those films for me carried a lot of gravitas that I just didn't quite feel 
from with this, this one. Mm. Um, you can certainly see the influences in modern pop culture, in Simpsons. You know, that is where I've seen that bicycle scene for sure. Yeah. I also believe, and I've never played it, but I believe that this was quite inspirational for the game Red Dead Redemption. Oh, right. I have not, yeah, I've not played it myself, but yeah, I, you can no. see it's a cowboy game, isn't it? I know that much. I know it's a, a, yeah. a game set but I wonder in the West. I think it's something to do sort of specifically with this time during cowboying. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's de- kind of it's like the death the of the old West sort of thing. Exactly. Isn't it? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, how are we men to make money? Like, what do we do? Yeah. Like they say in the film, right? Do we need to join the army? Like, let's go to Australia and all this. Um, so that that's my assessment mm-hmm. of it. What about yourself, Josh? Yeah, so I mean, critical reception aside, it does it deserve to be a, does it deserve to be a classic? Well, I enjoyed this more. The Saturday Night Fever and Meet Me in St. Louis, but I enjoyed it less uh-huh. than The Great Dictator and Gentlemen Prefer Blonde. So middle yeah. of the pack there. However, it's like you say, its legacy, I think, is undeniable. The way mm-hmm. there's certain things in there, the use of contemporary music with an old setting. Um, I think the way that the, the leading men are written, the way that they're quipping and bouncing off each other, I think that was probably quite new at the time. I don't know if it was, but I do think... I get the impression that they were, they were pushing the boat out a little bit with the way that they were quipping off each other and the way they had two two men in the lead, you know, with chemistry, who weren't, you know, they're masculine, but they're not the height of masculine. You know, they're not John Wayne. Mm-hmm. Like, you know... Butch um, isn't afraid to admit that he's never shot anyone before and that sort of thing. So I thought that was quite interesting. And the way that they're anti-heroes, you know, their actions aren't great, but you still lo- love mm-hmm. them, the lovable rogue type character. So I think that, and, you know, the things like the ending, running out into the freeze frame, I think that's pretty the well known. Frame. That sort of yeah, stuff. oh yeah, we've seen I, that, we've seen yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely deserving of, of being a classic, yeah. So I'd say yes, it is deserving of being a classic. Well, there we have it. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, a classic. a classic. Maybe not as monumental as some of the other films we've done, but you can certainly see its influences mm. have lasted through the decades. So, Josh, tell us what are we going to be watching next week? In a slight shift in tone, next right, week we are going to be watching and talking about Scooby-Doo. Ooh, Scooby-Doo. From 2002, that one. From 2002. So, indeed, indeed. And we will say no more mm. on the matter. Um, yes, so join us next week for when we will be talking about Scooby-Doo. Um, thank you very much for listening to this episode. If you've liked it, if you've listened to other episodes, if you could give us a little review or rating on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, it's very, very much appreciated. It helps other people find us and hear what we think about Butch Cassidy or what we'll think about Scooby-Doo, etc. If you want to get in touch with us, the, <clears throat> the email address is filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. And you can find us on all the social medias if you search for just films and that. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And we're also on the television, aren't we, Alice? We are indeed. We are on the local TV network every Friday from 6pm. Now at the new time, new length oh. of three minutes. Extended Guys, they gave us They gave us another minute to talk about films. More for them, I say. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool, or the northeast of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. We're also on Channel 195 on Sky. That's every Friday from 6pm on the local TV network. Yes, lots of ways to see us, lots of ways to get in touch. Please get in touch. Suggest films that you want us to cover. We're always open to your suggestions. Until next week, thank you very much for listening, and it's a goodbye from me. Cheerio! Bye!
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.